0: You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan.
1: Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. As Denoris Jenkins made the catch. He stayed in bounds for the
0: interception. What a play. Wow. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike, the Cranky Fan.
1: How's it going there, Grump? We are, uh, we are in self-imposed lockdown mode here in, in Manhattan. I believe you are as well in New Jersey. Yeah. But uh, we, are making, we are making the most of it with our, uh, our technology and our social media tools and everything and watching our reruns of horrible football games from 26 years ago. But uh, we'll get through this all together.
0: Practicing our social distancing by only recording and listening to podcasts and not actually hanging out with people.
1: I am six feet away from my computer as we speak, I'm so I'm <laughs> it by the by my computer.
0: Um, in all seriousness, I, I am I am not quite in lockdown yet, as per my employment. But uh, as soon as I am, I am indoors. It's uh, not as stupid as you might think. It, it's pretty serious.
1: Yeah, I mean this whole thing. I mean, it's really surreal. You know, I'm sure
0: everybody who's listening
1: to this, most of you people, are probably in the New York City area. If not, you are. In the United States, you know uh, the situation that's going on. We're not going to rehash it over and over again, but uh, it's very surreal. You know, I, we are in lockdown mode for work in our op- in our apartment. And about three o'clock, I went downstairs just to look for something to eat and just get some air. And uh, it's like a snowstorm. You know, it's quiet.
0: It and really is. People- it's it's like a it's like a blizzard that's going to go on for several weeks. I'm not used to that.
1: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'd like to be as uh optimistic as a person as I can be, but i'm going to be very real i don't think I don't think we're going to see life back to normal through at least July and you know you know we, we we have nothing to watch right now, everything has either been suspended, cancelled or you know delayed, and I honestly do not think we're going to see you know a sporting event until July, much less you know school getting back to normal and the restrictions being lifted on all these things. I, I think we're really going to be in for a long, a long haul. And it's, you know, it's just something we have to deal with. You know, everybody keeps asking me, how are you living without sports? And I'm like, well, you know, it sucks, but, you know, just, we just have to deal with it. I'd rather and live without so cool.
0: sports than die. Yeah, live without living. <laughs> so, uh, but hey, know, or make else. A, a couple of months is not so bad. Um, the free agency, the league year is going to start on time per the NFL, and you can spend it with us online the same way you always spend time with us. I'm on Twitter at football underscore grump, where I'm pretty active with things such as um, analysis and uh, actual news, so you can follow me there. You can
1: follow me as always at The Cranky Fan, where I'm just kind of laying in the weeds a little bit. You know, uh, When people say stupid things, I'm going to jump in, um, and I think that's one of the themes. We want to talk about a little today, whether it applies to, you know, rumors or news you might hear about the virus or on a lighter note, news or rumors you might hear about free agency or the draft or football or sports or anything. I got to tell you guys, when you see something that seems either like I haven't heard that before or just doesn't seem believable at front at first, take one second. And look for a second source before you are so quick to, you know, retweet it or throw it up on Facebook or to text everybody. Because, you know, we're going to get into this today about, you know, the the moves the Giants have made so far in free agency and and what we expect to happen. Um, Got a text today from somebody, you know, a good friend of ours, that the Giants had signed Clowney for, you know, a pretty hefty contract, I think four years or something. And... I, of course, breaking my own rules as I always do, <laughs> texted the grump and said, wow, we just saw him Kleine. And he's like, well, I haven't seen it anywhere. And sure enough, it was a fake Adam Schefter account. And, you know, you just I don't have to tell you if you go through your Facebook uh you know feed or your Twitter feed or, or whatever, you're gonna see just a bunch of garbage is being spread by people because they didn't take the time to look and see if it was actually accurate. So my public service the message besides don't touch anything and make sure you wash your hands and don't be in a crowd is don't make people crazy, even crazier. You know, Don't spread fear and don't spread chaos by just blindly forwarding information just because you saw it. Take 30 seconds Look for a second source, validate that it's real, and you know it might be something as silly as who the Giants are going to sign as a cornerback, or it could be you heard that they are posting cops in front of your door not to go out of your apartment for the next year. Just take a second and verify before you do it.
0: Yeah, I I refuse to be duped, so I didn't. I didn't fall for the uh, Davian Clowney news, I guess. No, uh, it, it. I will say this, the news kind of moves fast and furious here. I'm, I'm sitting here doing my due diligence on, on one thing, and as I'm scrolling through Twitter and checking something out, the Giants made another move. And, you know, around the league, moves are being made, so there's more and more news as the Giants are missing out or not landing certain free agents, and it all is happening kind of fast. And it, takes, it just takes one lazy moment to screw up, and it only takes one second to verify, so take the extra second. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and, and let's let's um, keep it, it real. Also, that everything you're hearing today is agreements that are made, but free agency hasn't officially started yet. Free, free agency opens. We're recording this on a Monday night, per normal, but free agency actually starts Wednesday. Wednesday at four o'clock. So, um, what you're hearing now is this is the uh, the legal tampering period. Some people call it. You know, where teams can talk to people, but you can't actually sign anything at least until four o'clock. Um, because of the virus, there's some little tweaks this year. Uh, teams can't bring any free agents to the club facilities. Uh, they can't, no club personnel can travel anywhere to meet a free agency. That's just because of, you know, the virus Health or stuff. Concerns, so, yeah. Exactly. So what you're hearing now are they're agreeing to things, but nothing can be signed. So nothing is official, official until people can sign it after 4 o'clock on Wednesday.
0: And um, the first move that the Giants made uh, is they slapped Leonard Williams with the franchise tag. Now, we can get into a couple of things here, but there, there's some key points that are really important here. Um franchise tag, uh, just to explain what it is, is – um, a one-year deal that's intention is to give teams and players more time to work out long-term deals before they hit free agency. So it protects them from free agency. And the value of that contract is calculated by averaging the top five salaries at that position. So with a guy like Leonard Williams who plays defensive line, it's kind of important where he plays in the defensive line. So he was designated as a defensive tackle. So that changes his value To $16 million.
1: Yes, because he was arguing that he was a defensive end so he could try to get more money out of it. So it ended up being a defensive tackle. That's interesting.
0: So um, there's a couple of things that go into this now as far as whether or not it's a good move. But the first thing we should get out of the way that we should agree or disagree on is, is Leonard Williams somebody worth trying to build this team around?
1: Well, Dave Gelleman thinks so, and don't think that he made this trade without thinking about this being in his back pocket, the franchise tag. I mean, he he gave up assets for it, and again, I think people blow way out of proportion the amount of assets he gave up for Leonard Williams. I mean, this is not – this was not the Herschel Walker trade, people. This was not – uh, Who is the guy from Texas? The running back. Oh, Ricky my, Williams. This is not a Ricky Williams trade, guys. Um, you know, they gave up a couple of draft picks for it, but I think that Gettleman knew all along he was either going to get him re-signed before free agency started, or he would franchise him. So, I keep seeing people in the media calling this calling this a rental. This is not a rental. The definition of a rental is you know. I'm making a playoff push. I just need some guy for a couple of months to get us over the top, and then that's the end of it. This was, you know, you know, get them in. It was kind of dipping your hand in
0: the pot before anybody else could. You gave up a little extra to get your first hand in there.
1: Yeah, and you know, people are very quick to, you know talk about the lack of sacks he has but the fact is the defensive line played a a lot better once he joined the team and all the individual and all the individual pieces on that defensive line graded out better once he got to there too so there was something that they liked that you know even from the tape before he was with the jets and since they had him still that they want to move forward and eventually get a a deal done with him so right now for everybody who's just like you know think this is the worst trade of all time and gave up draft picks for nothing, that's not true. We'll have him for at least a year and a half. And, and let me just say this, going forward for this episode and until we know otherwise, I'm going under the assumption that they will play a 16-game schedule. Um, you know, September is a long time away, and I just said before I think it's going to be a long-time thing, but I'm going to go through all these assumptions that we're going to play a full season, so I'm not going to, you know, refer to that every single time I talk about a season. But just that's where I'm coming from going forward. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Um. Well, I mean, you, you made all solid points there, and and like you said, the defensive line played a lot better. All facets of the defensive line played better when he showed up. I mean, let me put it this way, dude. Twenty five. He's a very good player. Yes, you can use him to build around. Um. He's an impact player. He may not be a complete game changer, but. I don't think he's going to get a game-changer contract. And banking on that, piggybacking off of that, I guess I should say, is uh, there are reports that the Giants are already working on a long-term deal with him. I would expect something in the terms around five years, maybe four years, and then based on that, roughly forty to $45 million overall. Um, yeah, you got to
1: remember something too. Also, you know... The franchise tag is something the players generally don't like to have slapped on them. Oh, not I mean, at all, yes, no. they're, they're getting a one-year deal to being in the top five um, uh, salaries for their position, but they do not have that security of having multi-years.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we, they, we all he could very easily tear an ACL in this year and, and completely derail his right. career, and he only got that one year at $16 million.
1: And also with that one year, I do not – and there's no uh, signing bonus with that either. Correct?
0: I don't know that.
1: I do not believe there is. And then like when you sign a contract, usually there's a signing bonus, and usually that signing bonus is all guaranteed. And that's kind of – they want that upfront guaranteed money because as you've seen time and time again, contracts of four or five years are usually salary cap hits You know, in that last year or two years before. So they want to get that – they want that guaranteed money up front, front-loaded as possible. So,
0: Yeah. Um, what's interesting to note about the long-term deal aspect is that um, it may already be almost entirely worked out and will not be agreed to or, or even submitted to his camp or anything until after Wednesday. As far as I understand it, he was traded for a 2020 third-round pick and a 2021 fifth round pick. If a long-term deal was done before the start of this league year, which is currently Wednesday at 4 o'clock, subject to change, I believe, um, Mm -hmm. it upgrades to a fourth round pick. So they would just wait until the start of the league year and then submit whatever proposal they have. Because it makes no difference to Leonard Williams. Why should it? Right. So. And, you know, again...
1: These general managers and these front offices are smarter than you. You know they're not stupid. That's something that's pretty basic. Don't these guys are playing chess? no matter how dumb you think they are, too, and they they fully realize this too. They don't have to go up and have a press conference or send out a tweet every time they do or don't do something. They are doing it in the best interest of the club. So
0: the best interest of their own career. I mean, yeah, don't sure. discount the ego of these gentlemen either. Mm-hmm. They don't They don't want to go down as the guy who was the three-year general manager. I mean, these guys want to be part of a winning franchise for their own good, for their own money, for their own legacy, just the same way as players yeah. do. I mean, come on. Um this is Dave
1: Gettleman's last – this is his last job in football. He's 68, 69 years old, not in the greatest health. You know, if he gets – You know, smoked by the Giants. Now it's going to be a bad taste around the leagues. You know, in 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 their mouths. So he's trying to be successful as possible. I mean, it kind of goes without saying. We shouldn't even be saying this, but for some of you people, I guess we do have to say it.
0: Um, I have no problem with this. I I like solidifying that line. Yeah, and we'll talk about the use of the franchise tag
1: and transition tag in a little bit when we talk about the new CBA. But Uh. you have that. You know, you have that tool in your toolbox. You might as well use it. I mean, who who else, quite frankly, is worthy of the franchise tag on this roster?
0: Perfect question. I, I mean, you don't have to use it, but... That's, that's true.
1: But the last time that, that, that's it was used
0: was Jason Pierre-Paul. So now you're going back to, right. what, 2012 or something? 2013? Well, that's my point. Yeah. It's
1: that it, this is not a tough decision. Am I going to u- use it on him and potentially lose some other
0: player? So, and, and just one more thing, you know, th- this gets wiped out if he inks a long-term deal. So, for people who are complaining about how much money was already spent against the cap, there's a good chance that when he signs a real long-term contract, it will void out his cap hit from this and go down a tick or two. Like I said, it's probably somewhere in the nine to ten million dollar a year range. And that's not
1: ridiculous.
0: I no, mean, not at all. We're not talking.
1: We're not talking about some of these like, you know, we we just saw Ryan Tannehill just got re signed by Tennessee and he's gonna get like something like twenty seven, twenty eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. Plus a nice signing bonus that makes that cap hit even worse. I mean, that's a cap hit. That's an investment in your future and you're gonna ride or die with someone. People are making a little too much of a big deal about again, the draft capital that was given up for him and the the size of the cap hit that he will have going forward. I mean this is a this is a guy who will be, you know, a leader on this defense going forward. And you know, may not have the most flashy numbers but is solid and very solid. And that's something this defense has needed for quite a while now.
0: Absolutely. Um, with that the Giants made a splash move I don't what 3 hours ago maybe. Um, yeah, it was just a couple hours ago. Yeah. They they signed cornerback James Bradbury from the Carolina Panthers to the tune of three years, $45 million, looking at about $15 million per year. Um,
1: by the way, everybody, the whole nobody wants to play for Dave Gettleman.
0: <laughs> Former
1: Panther. Another guy who used to – another Panther who was drafted by Dave Gettleman coming back to play for him again. So, you know. How many examples do we have now of guys who used to play for Dave Gettleman who come back to play for him? So keep uh, keep your narrative, guys. It's it's working real well for you.
0: Uh, I mean I I really do like this signing a lot. I, I think some people maybe don't know who James Bradbury is because he went to a very small college. He was at Stanford. Yeah, so I mean he transferred down – from Arkansas State to Sanford, uh, which is interesting, but also kept him significantly off the radar until he was ready to enter the draft. Um, And I remember doing pre-work on him when he came out of college and being impressed with him then, thought he was maybe second, third rounder, ended up being a second rounder, um, I believe 62nd overall or something like that, in the 60 range. Um, And he was my second highest cornerback on my free agent list this year behind Byron Jones. I think very highly of him. He's not perfect, but this is a perfect contract for him. He'll he's gonna be twenty seven by the time the season starts, which means on a three year deal, he will no longer be a giant by the time he's thirty, which is roughly where you kinda of want. I think this is a fair price for him. He's mm-hmm. he's not Dion Sanders, as I said in a tweet to somebody else, but he's a very well, thank God. good he's a very good cover corner. Um Well, I mean people's
1: expectations are crazy. I mean, you know, we- he's right he's not deon sanders but there's also been probably one deon sanders in the last 30 years yeah. and five people even in that conversation right and you know their price tag is gonna be a hell of a lot more and quite frankly i don't think it's someone we're trying to get at this stage of the rebuild we're not ready for you know that we're, we're looking to build a you know a solid cohesive defense with using as much of the cap as we can for as many different assets as we can exactly and it's and it's also a position now that all of a sudden that cornerback room is pretty interesting. You've got a I'm veteran assuming... in there
0: who is a starter and is, I don't want to say a lockdown, but I mean, this is a guy whose job it was to travel with number one receivers in the NFC South, yeah. which means Mike Evans, that means Michael Thomas, that means Julio Jones. Yeah. So,
1: so I mean, you know, you're way too early first look at the cornerback room. We're looking at you know, Bradbury and I guess DeAndre Baker are your two starters out wide and then all of a sudden everybody shifts and you now you're now you're starting to develop some depth. And a guy like Corey Ballantyne doesn't have to start right now. He can come in and, you know he can be a nickel, he can be a guy, give a blow to a guy for a down or two. It's now you're not just you know, having guys who have no experience of running around like their heads cut off anymore.
0: Well, here's the other thing that needs to be taken into account we have a new defensive coordinator which means all these young guys last year who struggled here and there guys like Sam Beal who are now in their second system but they still haven't really played they're getting all new terminology but that's okay because this gives them the depth to whoever's picking it up faster can start if 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 DeAndre Baker yeah. picks it up the fastest and he can play opposite James Bradbury then fine but if, Jay, if, if Sam Beal is picking it up and is playing better than DeAndre Baker to start, there's no drop-off there for DeAndre Baker to, to either pick it up eventually or, or whatever happens. You know what I mean? You have but, more options now. You're not starting yeah, your two rookies made. on either side.
1: That's what I'm saying. Your point is well made because now you have a lot of competition really for one starting spot on the outside. Mm-hmm, Before mm-hmm. it's like – you know. You got a bunch of guys, and we need two people. Now it's just really the competition. You know, it, the and he gets up because you're really going for one. Yes. So, um, and you have some guy on the other side where, you know, he's I'm not going to say he's a lockdown on that one side, but you know, you can do other things with your with the backside of your defense. So only you have one guy who's going to be you know tight man with your you know your number one receiver.
0: Sure. Yeah. And and for what it's worth, I went through and looked at his numbers versus number one receivers. Against Mike Evans, four catches, 61 yards. Larry Fitzgerald, five catches, 36 yards. DeAndre Hopkins, five catches, 41 yards. These are really low numbers against really good wide receivers. So, yeah. I mean, in one game, Michael Thomas, four catches, 37 yards. People think this guy's the best wide receiver in the league.
1: And let's also loop it back into our discussion before when we're talking about – um what's the name getting re-signed that now all of a sudden the expectation is the defensive line is going to be a little better now that, you know, Leonard Williams is going to be there, you know, let's see what happens in the draft and let's see what happens further in free agency. We may get more of a, you know, a, uh, a, um, pass rushing end or something to cause, you know, to help with that pass rush, all of that makes your secondary better. And, you know, there's still the big hole to be determined with linebackers. So you know, for this defense to be successful it has to be a cohesive unit with all the different units and you know locking down the back end is great, but I think the other pieces are gonna help that be even better. And that's still to be determined. I
0: keep seeing this sentiment, um, and I think it's more along the analytics crowd, and that that's not supposed to be like derogatory. Um I'm just I don't find myself firmly in one camp or the other as firmly analytics or firmly not. Uh, I just kind of go based off of what I see when I watch film um but what I keep seeing is this this sentiment of I'll take the better secondary over the pass rush guys any day of the week, and you know I've been watching long enough, especially this team, to see those times where we had a really good back end and no pass rush, and the argument is always made. If you give a quarterback enough time, no cornerback can can stick to a wide receiver long enough. It just becomes street ball. They get open. And you know, and then I, I saw the argument that it doesn't matter how many pass rushers you have if you don't have the corners to to get guys that they can just do quick strikes the whole time and negate your pass rush. And you know, it really is as simple as you need both. They need to work together. It's not that yeah. complicated, I don't think.
1: I adamantly disagree with that statement. I will give me a good defensive line and a good pass rush because if you give a quarterback time to throw, he's gonna to try to hit his number one option like when you call a play in the huddle, that's the play you wanna run, and the percentage of running that play is greater if he has time to execute that play. If you have a good pass rush, he may have to you know on the fly check down to a second receiver third receiver, um use his legs. And take off, yeah. and you know, Especially create today's something NFL. Exactly. This isn't 1978 where you know these guys are statues. This is this is a new league now, and to me, it's it's all about causing confusion, causing chaos, causing you to get out of your comfort zone. So uh, you know, and, and you just see. You, 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 you just see guys in secondary that you know lose fifty-fifty battles. You see them, you know, they could slightly slip. Bad weather conditions. Receivers know where they're going. Corners don't. You know, all these things kind of factor in. So I, I completely disagree with that. Yeah, I do agree with your sentiment, though. That
0: you know, they all need to be good. They just work together. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I I like this deal a lot. I think this is going to be really good. Again, I don't think he's going to be a superstar back there. That would be exceeding my expectations, but I think he'll bring veteran leadership. I think he'll bring some talent to the back end. And uh, you know, there's still more stuff that needs to be done. You know, we've discussed the safety position already. You know, obviously move, the linebackers, you know. Yeah. Every
1: move doesn't have to be a home run hire. I mean, if you if you hit a ground rule double and you hit a single and you hit a triple, that's, you know, a bunch of those, you know, that's going to be just as good for you as getting the one marquee name, just because you want a name.
0: Yeah, you you can tell the lack of baseball is affecting the cranky fan already.
1: Ugh. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. In in a series of less heralded moves, less headline snatching moves, the Giants made. Um, placed a second-round tender on Aldrich Rosas, the kicker. So what that means is that he receives a salary of $3.256 million. Um, he can listen to any other offers from other teams. However, the Giants will have the chance to match that offer, or if they decline to match it, they receive a second-round pick as compensation. So that pretty much keeps Aldrich Rosas th- safe, and at $3 million, is not really that high of an investment in a kicker. It's pretty much average-ish.
1: This is another example of how giant Twitter really aggravates me, you know, and I know uh, every tensions are a little high right now with the state of the world. But when I see people complaining about this move and, you know, hoping he would go away, that someone would take him off our hands, which I saw somebody on Twitter say, again, keep things in perspective. We're talking about a three million dollar deal for a guy who in 2018 was a pro bowler. Correct. You know,
0: he you know, and, he is tied for the franchise record for longest field goal.
1: Right, and we're not talking about this guy is Jan Stenerud, who's forty three years old, and it's like, why is this on the roster? We're talking about a young guy, in a in a relatively inexpensive contract for, based upon what our cap situation is and the importance of the position. Yeah, I mean, sure, people tend to forget that when since they moved back that extra point. A good kicker is very important. It's no longer something you take for granted. And um, I think he'll bounce back next year. I I think, uh, you know, and he has a track record of being really good with this team. So I have no problem at all with this. And just the fact that people are even, you know, raising eyebrows or it's it's just, again, most, most likely those people are already in the I hate Dave Gettleman camp and are just looking to validate their own narratives. So,
0: yeah, same I mean, person. This is this is really not a big deal. I mean, it wasn't that long ago the Giants used a franchise tag on Steve Weatherford. You know what I mean, right? Um, another move. Uh, the Giants re-signed or extended. I believe they re-signed. Uh, Elijah Penny, two-year deal. Twenty-six-year-old guy plays fullback. I would say, and this is what I said when we covered running backs, um. And I, I wasn't advocating for keeping him or against or anything, but um, just remember the fullback role is probably going to change under new offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett. Um We're going to a slightly different offense, and the use of a fullback versus the use of a tight end or an H-back and things in that kind of role is really, really vastly different depending on the offensive style. So that's one of the things that changes, I think, a lot going between OC to OC. So it was something I was kind of keeping my eye on. Um, So I thought that was kind of interesting that that was locked up pretty early, was done, you know, gotten out of the way. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, these are little moves along the margins. These are nice, you know, continuality guys. But, you know, again, they're not going to make that much of a major difference overall. But, nope. you know, no. but they're just, you know, it's one less position you have to worry about scouting around and trying to get an overpaying on the open market, I think. Right. So, yeah,
0: it's nice. And not for nothing, the guy was uh, pretty, pretty good on special teams as well. I believe he was responsible for the blocked punt that turned into a touchdown and. I don't know what game it was, but I was with you, so it was at home. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, I don't remember. My right. brain's shot. <laughs> um. And in one more move, the Giants made a three-year deal happen for David Mayo to the tune of $8.5 million, which averages out to, what, like not quite $3 million a year. Again, this is not a big deal. Um. The dude's 26 years old, and most importantly... Even if he's not a starter, this is depth for an inside linebacker group that literally consists of Ryan Connolly, who's coming off of an ACL tear. So that's it. I mean, it, it's, there needs to be something here. And um, I don't think this is an unreasonable amount for a guy who stepped in and did a okay job, did not embarrass himself. What was that amount himself. again? What are the numbers you're talking? 8.5 over three years. It's nothing. Yeah. It's peanuts. Yeah.
1: So it really is. We all, I mean, we're, we're
0: talking about what less than three a year, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. And even if they cut them after this year, if we build up the depth in, in the next couple of years with with the drafts and free agency, and uh, you know we don't need them anymore, we, you just you take the hit then.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, these are what I call the necessary moves. And the unfortunate thing about these, from a perception standpoint, is the necessary moves are usually taken care of fast. So You're right, you, you hear. On Twitter that Jadavian Clowney signs, and I'm not calling you. I'm just, I'm just saying, <laughs> pick pick another big name free agent. I'm sorry, pick anyone. Tom Brady. Just say you see that Tom Brady is is talking to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they're going to land him. And at the same time, you see that your team signs some guy you've never heard of who stepped in due to injury last year and didn't embarrass himself and he gets a three year deal from nine million and you you the two things are right next to each other on your screen and so I understand and that's just part of the territory but getting these necessary things out of the way, they're important. Come week seven and you know, your inside linebacker is gonna be out for three weeks and it's like, Oh yeah, well we landed David Mayo right away. You never say that to yourself, but it's always the case. You well, are only well, as good as your fifty third man.
1: Yeah, and you know something? You hear those simultaneous stories about Tom Brady and the Bucks, for example, and David Mayo. Remember one thing: the David Mayo one is a, is a story; it is fact.
0: True. Well, that's the Tom that, Brady
1: yeah. thing, the Tom Brady thing, is pure speculation.
0: Well, I mean, I, I pulled that one out of my hat. It could be anything. It could be yeah. a legitimate I mean, big no, name signing somewhere else, and you just nothing. Nothing major has happened yet around the league where it's
1: really. I guess the. Uh, the yeah, yeah, that's a pretty big one. That's a but, bizarro uh, one. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's a very bizarro team, Houston. <laughs> um, but for more and for that,
0: yeah,
1: go to the Just Texans podcast. The, the, I'm the sure We Love they're...
0: Bill O'Brien podcast, <laughs>
1: um, hosted by Bill O'Brien,
0: <laughs> owner, operator, and GM of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but. One thing we should talk about, Grump, is if we're
1: talking about the league, is the new CBA.
0: Perfect. My God, it's amazing how far this podcast has come. That was a brilliant transition to what I was just going into. Ugh. He's learning. I've been sitting done. in
1: this apartment by myself with with you
0: know,
1: <laughs> SF Mad for three days, and I, it gives me time to think about these little transitions. So, <laughs>
0: um, well, yeah. So the CBA. I mean, I you know, I don't have any like real personal uh, qualms with any of the things that were in in there uh so i i wasn't really monitoring it super closely but i did take a look at um you know the results i guess you know all the things in there the the main things anyway i don't know if you felt anything strongly
1: i do i kind of i do like i do not like the 17th game and i don't like the extra uh playoff team i think the system how i'm gonna start with the playoffs first because um, i don 't play football and i 'm not at risk of concussions so let 's start with what I think is a bigger you know thing is I think the way the when they went to the eight divisions and the two wild cards, I thought it was a perfect system you know if if they are going to insist on having these small divisions, what I think in football is a good idea because it, it ensures rivalries you know there were some rare exceptions of divisions, and now we 've been in these divisions long enough that even like the Bucks can feel they have a genuine rivalry with Carolina, where they may not have had one before. You know, it, it ensures that the teams with the biggest natural rivalries and longstanding rivalries will play twice a year, home and home. I mean, the biggest reason why nobody is a Giant fan really could care less about the Jets. We just don't play them. I mean, who cares? You know, they're in there doing their own thing. So. When they went to this system, you know it was great. You you play eight division games. The winner of that is your division champ. Is in the playoffs. That allows for two other teams to to get in. And I, I just think that was perfect. And uh, adding a third. Now, they, have they actually specified how that's going to work? Is there going to be three wild card games that first weekend and? Uh only one team gets a buy now?
0: Yeah, one team on each conference.
1: So that's a pretty the, That's the, a pretty significant thing. The,
0: the, okay, so this is I, I actually thought this didn't go through, but um this did go through as part of it. So yeah, this this I actually do have a problem with. And uh I I think I said it in a really, really, really succinct way when I first heard about this was why are they fucking with this? It's literally the most perfect system in sports. Um Well and, uh, the, I can tell the reason you very really why they're doing it: money. Um, yeah, the course. argument is now by adding this extra game and only one, only the number one seed getting the addition, the, the bye week, is that it adds that much more emphasis to try and get it. Which I guess is to say that those games will be more competitive towards the end of the season because now if they really want that buy, you know, it, there's only one team. So I mean the the, the the chances of them being clinched sooner get lessened.
1: It's, it's it's a problem that really wasn't that major of a problem. I mean,
0: people talk about it's a it's a know, grand I, sweeping solution for a problem that may not even be a problem because there's still right. debate as to whether I mean, or not the buy is a good thing.
1: This isn't the NBA where you know someone like uh, Milwaukee is going to clinch the the one seed. I mean, again, this year. Pretend we have a real season this year. Milwaukee have clinched the the one seed with a month to go before the season's over, and they can rest guys throughout the month. I mean, how often is it? Okay, you may see the Tom Brady is not going to start week 17 for New England. How many times have you seen Tom Brady is not starting week 16 or wholesale resting even by a team by the Patriots that usually has their division locked up very quickly and is usually one or two seed and blocking up a one seed pretty early in the season. I mean, there is no, you know, resting and load management in football like you see in basketball. If anything, now that you're going to a 17th game, you're going to see more load management because of that. So it, it just doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah. I really do hate that, but you know what? I haven't seen it in action yet, so I mean I'm not for it, but I wouldn't. I'm not so adamantly against it. My bigger thing for why it sucks is it's adding in teams that don't deserve to be there, and I don't mean that from an elitist standpoint. I mean, as it is now, we see some almost every year there is a six seed team that is just so clearly on another plane than the other teams around them. And I don't mean the number 1 seed. I mean every other team in the playoffs is so clearly better than them. Now we're adding in more. It just Well, you know, the the counter to that is that the percentage
1: of teams that are in the playoffs now is back to what it was before expansion started. That
0: doesn't mean anything to me though.
1: Yeah, but nobody complained about too many teams in it back then. I wasn't alive then. Yes, you were. It was, what, 1996, 97 when, it, when Jacksonville and uh, Carolina came in?
0: Yes. And for reference's sake, I was like, <laughs> uh, my age consisted of a single digit. I didn't know anything.
1: All right. I keep forgetting you're a little tyke, so that's right. Yeah. I, but I mean, so, yeah, you know, okay. So then if, if that's the case, then you're kind of getting a de facto buy for the two seed then
0: yes you could think of it that way or you could think of it as one more chance for a player to get injured against the game that shouldn't have happened in the first place Mm. look i'm just saying from here here is from a tv standpoint why i mean you sit there and watch a team just get obliterated it's not
1: it doesn't feel like you're
0: watching playoff football anymore
1: yeah, that's not true. I've never watched a playoff game and said this doesn't feel like a playoff game. I mean, we can go back and look what the six seed has done in all of these games going back, and they're they're not the the routes you think they are. But more importantly, forget that one game on wild card Saturday or Sunday. There's a solid month where it's like teams are jostling to get that spot, and that that's why they're doing this. I get it. They want to they want to make sure that when you get into. From Thanksgiving until New Year's Day, more teams to have a shot at making the playoffs, making it more competitive and interesting and more storylines, and then more TV ratings and, and the like going along. So that's more interesting to me. I mean, if you, you watch the Premier League in, in, in soccer, you know, Liverpool, was gonna, uh, they're going to have the league clinched 11, 12 weeks before the season's over. There's no drama. This, you're creating more regular season drama, and I think that's what the, they're trying to do because people are going to watch the playoffs. It doesn't matter. It could be a, a one seed versus a 26 seed. They're going to watch it. It's just one game.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, they're doing it for the money.
1: Oh, yeah. that's. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. So I, I, I've, just, I've just talked myself out of being against the extra playoff spot to being for it. So uh,
0: <laughs> Nice work.
1: This is what happens you sit in your apartment by yourself.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, the but 17-game I but, season, I will say, though, is not guaranteed at this time. It is still only possible, and I don't know what that contingency is. But if and when it becomes a 17-year season, there will be only three preseason games, and that fourth preseason game will be a bye for all teams.
1: So there will be a week between week three of the preseason before the regular season starts? Yes. So, So there will be – it's OK. So instead of how it is now – so it's – the NFL starts the week after Labor Day usually. So usually what happens is the Thursday before Labor Day, everybody plays on that Thursday night. So it's going to happen it's going to be the week before. Like week zero in college football will be when the last preseason game is. All right. I mean preseason games have completely lost their value. Right. I mean it's no longer getting players – ready for the regular season, they've become purely an evaluation. They've basically part two of the, scot- of the scouting combine. So in that respect, they're, they're meaningless and they're useless for, especially that the, uh, the people that have to pay money as part of their season ticket plan. Now the Giants do this, and I'm sure other teams do it as well, is they've, they've made the price of regular season games a little higher, and they've made the price of preseason games a lot lower. I guess my problem, the, my biggest problem with the seventeen-game schedule, two things: one it's an extra game, and is the you know, if we're so concerned about injuries and the, and the health of players, we're, we're not acting them, like it. <laughs> we're not acting like it. That's for sure. Um, also, it's an unbalanced schedule. Yeah, I means now you're some, some teams are playing, I guess, nine home games and oh, eight away or eight home and nine away are they playing an extra uh, conference game how is that going to impact with tiebreakers it just makes it very
0: awkward and unbalanced the NFL schedule is the fairest most most balanced thing around the league I think it is the the one sport where it is very possible for a team to go from fourth in their division to first in a division in a year I think it's it's set up in a way for teams to get better from year to year and I think that's perfect and brilliant and now I don't know what they're going to do. So I'm not going to pin it as a bad thing until I see how it's supposed to be structured. But it's hard for me to come up with in my head a way for it to be fair especially since like you said, not every team is getting the same amount of home games. I mean I just don't understand – how that is going to work from an algorithmic standpoint? If that just flip flops from year to year, it's just stupid. It's fucking stupid. Well, it might,
1: you know, one possibility could be that everybody plays the 17 game as a neutral site game. I mean, already we have what three games in London?
0: Well, that's actually we a, funny. That's going to be part a, of this too. There's a there's like a minimum amount of uh, international games that can be played.
1: Yeah, so you might you know if we have three games in London now, we have a game in Mexico City, which always ends up being moved to Southern California because that field at Azteca is a piece of shit. Uh, You know, they try to have games like in Toronto or they try to have them in wherever. So that you know, and there's also a lot of cities in this country that don't have NFL teams that maybe wouldn't mind hosting one. You know, St. Louis, uh, Oakland. I mean, places that have been scorned by him, Uh, you know, Orlando, places that have big stadiums that, um, you know, you almost have little mini Super Bowls. Um, I've been, and I'm sure a lot of you listening have also have gone over to London when the Giants have played, when they played at Wembley, when they played at Twickenham, and they really treat that like a mini Super Bowl. There's the huge fan fest outside the whole city gets all excited. You see in the stands people from all different jerseys there. It feels like a neutral site vibe and it's really cool. It's like a bowl game. So, I can definitely see that being something of, you know, pretty fun for a place that doesn't have, you know, and maybe some of the major college cities like, you know, Austin or or you know, San Antonio.
0: Who knows? Uh, Man, so... It's just so hard. I mean, I guess... Well, that's, well I mean, because you're flipping fields from Saturday to Sunday.
1: Well, you just... I mean, Jacksonville does it every single year at Florida, Georgia. They just do it on a bye week when uh, yeah. the Jaguars aren't there. So you you do it in reverse.
0: Yeah, I guess so. That's That's an interesting thought. It could be cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, if they do it right, it could be cool. I mean, you mandate that it's a you know, a, a non-conference game and against a team not in the division that you are playing. So, like, if it's the NFC East is playing the AFC East, that, you know, it has to be a different division than that. Like, you're not going to play the Jets twice. So you
0: play the Raiders or something?
1: Yeah. Or who knows? Maybe it's something where it's, uh, I don't think there's enough of them, but quote-unquote rivalry games they don't play every year. Like maybe, would you like to see the Jets play the Giants every year what, A neutral site game at you know the at the Meadowlands where neither team is the home team and tickets are just sold That's
0: like a concert? So then, what you get like the Redskins and the Ravens or something?
1: Redskins, Ravens, uh, Texans, Cowboys, uh, Chargers, Rams. There's lots of possibilities. Phillies. Uh, I'm sorry, Eagles, Steelers. Uh, Bengals, Browns. There's a lot of them. Um, you know, uh, the Dolphins, Bucks, Bucks, Jaguars, Jaguars, Dolphins. I don't know if there's enough to make that the thing. And also, do they want to do that every year? So I, I think logistically-wise, you can make the most of the 17 game. I just think that uh, it's unnecessary.
0: Oh, absolutely. Especially the biggest thing for me is the player safety. I, I mean... Of course. Yeah. Um, There's other things in here that I think don't impact us as fans very much. You know, increased revenue for players, increase in league minimum for players, you know, stuff like that. Um, Well, as a
1: fan, that could because that means that the cap probably goes up.
0: The cap goes up based on the revenue in general. So, I mean, that just is – But they're also getting a bigger share of it as well. So there would be more – that's the
1: second part of the equation.
0: Yeah. Um, Mandatory three days off after Thursday games. I mean we've been saying since forever ago that Thursday games, if you're going to have them, they should be following – they should be followed by a bye week. Or following oh, a see, I, week I'm sorry. sorry. Following yeah, above my yes, week
1: right. Give them 10 days to prepare for it so you have better product on the field.
0: Right. I don't mind watching a Thursday game and talking about it at work Friday and getting excited for the weekend because now I have Saturday college football and stuff like that. But the game is always right. so shitty because they don't have time to prepare and people are just not going to play because they never recovered from Sunday. It's not even worth exactly. talking about. It's not worth watching.
1: Right, right. I uh, they, they think the biggest thing though for us as fans is just looking at it at a higher lens is that – we now have 11 years of labor peace. You know, I am going to be 59 the next time there's a threat of a lockout or a strike. And, you know, you laugh at that, but that's important. You know, it's it's something that is on the – well, just look right now. We are sitting here right now with no sports. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, we, we have nothing to follow. We have nothing to watch. I mean – we're lucky that us as fans care about free agency and draft, but you know we're not going to be watching games anytime soon for any of these sports. And you know when when you're when you're excited all off season and all of a sudden there's just the lockout starts and it doesn't happen. I mean, I, Grump, you might have been too young to remember '87, right after the Giants won that first Super Bowl. You know they they tried to go with scabs and. Quite honestly, that's worse than no football. <laughs> really. I mean, it's just you're refusing to watch it. But like the NFL record book counts those as legitimate games. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's really nuts. So that's something I'm pretty thankful for. I'm glad that they got together. It will be interesting to see now that there's labor peace, what happens with the, the TV contracts and the contracts with streaming. In the contracts with Directv, sure, because now we know what's happening. You know, who is it still going to be? CBS, Fox, and then with you know NBC and ESPN getting a, a taste, how that's all going to shake out. So,
0: yeah, I mean that's that's kind of a, a conversation for another day, though, isn't it?
1: That's right. You know, if we're going to have a lot of free time in our hands in the next couple of months, and uh, <laughs> who knows what we're going to be talking about. I mean, the good thing is that league operations, for the most part, of things that are worthwhile for having conversations every week, will still go on as planned. I mean, as of now, the draft is still scheduled to happen. You know, obviously in a scaled-down version, it's not going to be the, uh, you know. The, the street party the, the, they had natural the last fucking, year, but thank
0: God, maybe it'll happen faster now.
1: I doubt it. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's still going to be—it's the same thing. The fifteen minutes are going to be there to, you know, to spur on trades and and all that type of stuff, which they love. And quite frankly, you can squeeze in more commercials and more FaceTime with, uh, you know, whoever hosts the show, you know, whatever. Now, so that's not going to change. But really. The league year will continue as planned. These things all can be done remotely, and you know we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's gonna be no OTAs anytime soon. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's not gonna be a rookie camp anytime soon. But we'll just mm-hmm. uh, we'll get through this, and we'll 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 do it together. And if there's nothing to talk about with the Giants, we'll Grump and I talk about did, movies. We can ramble on for hours. We have topics lined up of nonsense that we can. Actually get into arguments about which might be kind of fun, so Yeah. Sure. We will we will let you know if there's really nothing to talk about and we're
0: <laughs> But but kidding. you know, as you said, the, the free agency is still in full swing. Um, we still have a couple of position groups that we want to go over, including, you know, offensive tackles, defensive line, and then, you know, the interior offensive line with guards and centers. So we still have we oh, yeah. still have a couple of weeks of um you know, content here and we still have Um, five weeks before the draft i mean we have a
1: ways to go before the draft
0: yeah so i mean i guess that's it so be sure to follow this podcast on soundcloud or itunes or google play or spotify whatever you use subscribe there for free and all these episodes are in your queue tuesday morning
1: you can catch me as always on twitter at the cranky fan uh I've been uh, I've been a little laying low, a little lady, like I said. You know, I'm just kind of uh, – all this stuff is a lot to take in, and I don't want to be that guy who's just saying stupid stuff. Um, you know, not trying to clog people's timelines with garbage. Uh, my positions are pretty obvious. I'm, you know, I'm very disappointed that the lightning season has stopped with a playoff run coming. I'm, you know – I'm very disappointed there's no recruiting. Florida Gator football was on a real roll for recruiting. You know, now there's no spring football, no orange and blue game. I'm very thankful the Knicks season is over because that's a disaster. Let's just turn the page. i um, very disappointed that Rays baseball is not starting. But I will – I'll start commenting about things as they come along. And, uh, you know, we'll obviously be talking about giant football. And uh, if you're worrying about my voice, it sounds shoddy. I feel perfectly fine. It's just me talking a lot, so – I can hear my voice sounding rough, and it's got nothing to do with anything.
0: So, Well, now it just matches your face. <laughs> All right, everyone. We will see you next week. Wash, Wash your, your hands. hands.